completely bulletproof. And machine washable, darling, that's a new feature. <laughs> Before we begin our episode, did you know podcasting the most accessible form of syndication? The number of multimedia-ready mobile devices has skyrocketed in the past few years, and so has your potential audience. So start a podcast today. Starting at $5 a month, HipCast lets new and experienced podcasters focus on their show. Leave the boring stuff to us. Sign up at HipCast.com. Let's go. Wait, God, I don't know it's process. It's been a while. Thanos snapped his damn fingers. My whole goddamn show went went away. (laughs) This is going to be the outtakes. Yeah, it will be the outtakes. Anyways. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Nerd. My name is Vince, and today with us, we have a special friend of the program. It's me, Reina. What's up, Keeping It Nerd? Hello, how have you been doing? Doing well. You actually should know how I'm doing. We live together. (laughs) I know. It's playful banter. Um, Anyway, so uh, it's been a minute. So what today, our episode is actually going to be the review of the Incredibles 2 movie that came out. Uh, Pixar's 20th uh, feature film. And um, before we dive into that, we're going to go... Well, let's actually ask you, Vince. It's been a while since your audience has heard you on a podcast. So what have you been up to? Uh, You know, just regular same old stuff. uh, Dealing with the dogs and, you know, being a nerd. Watching movies. That's it. That's the only thing that you've been doing in the last month or so? Getting ready for Comic-Con. That's what I've been getting ready for. You're missing one really big thing. I I don't know. Major thing that's... I don't know. I don't know. A title? A championship? Oh, yes. That is correct. We went on a little hiatus, actually, because of the Warriors' run to the finals. And Why don't you tell them a little bit about your um, superstitions? I think I think they'd enjoyed it. I guess, yeah, all right. Well, my superstition... Well, wait. My superstition was to stay home, watch all the games, and in the dark, and you were in the other room playing your guitar... <laughs> And I watched this solitary with with the dogs. 
So was, we were sitting in the dark the whole time. Oh, and I had a Steph Curry jersey hanging in, uh, off a chair in the kitchen. I think that's the, is that the only thing? What was the other thing? Oh, and, uh, you know, we could say it now, but there were a few of our friends that asked to come over and we were like, no, we're busy. <laughs> and it's really because we didn't want you to ruin the mojo that was happening in the house here. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure they won't be hearing this episode anyways, but if they do... Sorry, guys. You guys know we got a few invites uh, to come and watch the guy uh, watch the games, and we're like, oh yeah, no, we're sorry, we're busy. We got something to do, and that's something was to watch the watch watch and make sure that the Warriors took uh, took this home all the way. Yeah, so um, that's major because that lasted quite a long time. That wasn't just for the finals; that was actually for the entire playoffs. And then um, the parade and everything else. Oh, that's that right. We stuff. did go to the parade too. Jeez, you know what? Wow, you're you're picking me up here. I don't. I I, I always like just float over these things. Yeah, we did go to the parade. We got to see Swaggy P, Steve Kerr. Who else? Well, did we tell them the story about Swaggy P. Oh, nothing. Was oh that, okay. Well, once again, you have me. You're making me seem like it's like nothing. But no, he like him, uh, Javale, Damian Jones, and uh, Steve Kerr, Ron Adams, like a few of the players. Like they it was like obviously an interactive parade this year, and they were actually getting to uh, getting into the public uh, along uh, people on, on the on the parade route. So they were interacting with us, and someone that was with us had a replica trophy, and uh, it was a per- it was the perfect prop to have at this parade because it, it brought attention by the players because they ran towards us and they were like holding it up and they were taking pictures with it and you know we, we actually we were really pretty close that was actually pretty cool um but now you now you're making me recount the last few weeks or so since the last time they've heard me oh yeah and I could actually man it's like I'm your diary or something you did go to San Francisco Comic Con which was actually in Oakland so how about you recap your your time there and what you saw there, yeah, I did go to that. Well, see, the reason why I didn't bring even bring that up is because it was like a blip on the radar type. I feel, I feel like ever since WonderCon left San Francisco, we haven't actually had a really good uh, convention. I mean, not no, nothing. No offense to the Silicon Valley Comic Con. I was gonna say and. Like uh, I think Wizard World comes down here maybe once in a while, and as well as the other one, uh, second or the anime. Oh yeah, anime. Fa- anime, yeah, yeah. anime, and then the with Stephen Amell, uh, Heroes and Villains. Yes, but that's that's like a totally different experience. I think that's more of like getting to see a uh, the CW uh, actors and and stuff like that. But it's not really a comic Comic Con type deal. But um, nothing will be Comic Con. Well, uh, San yeah, Diego yeah, but I mean, Comic-Con. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. San Diego Comic Con. But yeah, they moved. They so they moved the San Francisco Comic Con from Moscone Center again to Oakland Convention Center, which is okay. I, I've never been there before, but from what I heard, that was the original location of WonderCon years ago, years and years and years ago. Um, More like decades ago, probably decades ago. Yeah, um, and. When I got there, I, the only reason why I was going was, was to get uh, Kevin Conroy, his uh, autograph, uh, voice of Batman uh, from the animated series, if you, for all those that don't know. Um, him and uh, Jerry Conway, uh, the writer for uh, Marvel, and he wrote a few storylines, uh, Death of Gwen Stacy and things like that, and uh, co-created Punisher. So, and he was going to be there, so I decided to get a couple of my books signed, which I was looking on the tracking today. It should be arriving this week, so I got that graded, and 
uh, everything. And um, yeah, so the uh, convention was okay. It was, it was, it was like I said, it was a smaller venue. And I went on a Friday the first day. And I thought, like, okay, go. I just want to go in and out. Uh, just to get those two autographs and, you know, you know, maybe walk the floor and be gone. And I was thought maybe that would take me one or two hours. It ended up taking me four hours because it was... Unorganized. Unorganized would be, nice. it would be the nicest way to, for me to say it because I ended up getting to Kevin Conroy's line. As soon as I bought my ticket uh, on site, it was, it was really quick. I got into the Kevin Conroy line. Aren't you the asshole that cut everyone? No, don't say that. I'm not the asshole. I, I'm only an asshole if I did that on purpose. I walked in, walked into the shoot, the line shoot where it says Kevin Conroy, and there was no line. And one of the volunteers says, that, oh, oh, you're here for Kevin Conroy. Okay, did you come from outside from the spillover uh, line? I go, I'm... I don't know what line that is because I didn't see it. Honestly, did not see any other lines out there. Play dumb. And I, I wasn't playing dumb. I was dumb. I was really dumb. <laughs> don't make me look like an asshole, damn it. Anyways, <laughs> well, so. the story. I, I, I am going to finish the story. So the, uh, the woman uh, was like, okay, well, um, all right, just, just stay in here and we'll just put you in this line already. Uh, for Kevin Conroy, which was like, okay, I think that maybe shaved, would have shaved off another 45 minutes because when I saw the spillover line like come in, I was like, oh, that's a lot of people. Like, all right, that's, I, I, I don't think I would have, I would have been even in that, that batch that was brought in. So luckily I got, you know, got, you know, shuffled off to the front of the, not front of the line, but ahead to see Kevin Conroy. And even that was, took, took a, took a minute. And I'll tell you why it took me a minute. This is a little bit of a, a little bit of a grind. Oh, goody. This is what I was hoping you were going to get to. I swear to God, every convention I go to, even like the smaller ones, you know, and there's, uh, these autograph signings and stuff like that, you always have these, I know I'm probably going to touch a nerve on a few, maybe, uh, you know, listeners or so, but I'm sorry, but this is how I feel. And I'm pretty sure a lot of the listeners would feel it maybe the same way. Opportunistic little shits. I don't know if that was the right thing to say, but I don't, why do you feel like you need to have 20 Funko Pops signed or, you know, four, uh, like five posters and three other figures and a bit. It's for the flip. Oh, I mean, as someone who, you know, who has, you know, bought things and, and flipped it over a few couple times, like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't knock that hustle, uh, but I do knock the part of, there's, there should be a, there's, there should be a limit. I mean, I understand like the, the talent that's there at these shows. Obviously they're going, Hey, they see dollar signs. Like, if this guy wants to pay me 20, you know, 20 autographs at $50 a pop, like, I'm not going to tell this guy no. Like, I'm not going to tell him like, fuck off. Like only five. And I want the other people just to, you know, give me one. Like if this guy's got to cash in with this one guy, like he'll do it. Um, sadly, that's what the, you know, the world goes around with, you know, the money. Right. So yeah, this guy just, Took, I was wondering what took me so what was taking so long until I saw this guy with a wagon. See, this is the shit that, that drives me wild. I always see a wagon or like a carry-on case, suitcase, and I'm like, going, "What the fuck? Are you? What is this?" And the guy had like four boxes of like pops of uh, like Batman animated series figures. He had a few uh, 
few still photos. And I'm like, I know you're not that much of a super fan. This is a lot of it was like, especially uh, when he has uh, Kevin Conroy take photos with the items. So it's just like, okay, those are, that's your quote, quote unquote cert, uh, certificate of authenticity, and it just drives me wild because I'm like, you're wasting you're wasting my time. I know you're he, I know the talent's making money, but it's like you're wasting a lot of people's time with the uh, the fact that you're trying to make a buck. And like I said, I don't knock it if you're gonna do like two, three. I'd say five would be the most. But shit, when you're going and you're pulling in like 10, 15, 20 items for this guy to sign, and you're just and you have like real fans waiting behind, like, hey, we like to uh, get his autograph. And I was on a time const- not a time constraint, but uh, Kevin Conroy had a schedule, so he, I was like, I was looking at the clock. I was like, he's only here until two twenty. It was like coming up at one forty-five. Going, I don't know if this is gonna, he's going to finish because I had like you know a good distance between me and him. Um, and I was like, oh, God, I hope he finishes with this guy. And then, you know, he just breezes through everyone else because everyone else in line didn't look like they had like four, you know, 500 items or something. Yeah, some had like two or three, which is fine. Um, which, as soon as that guy left, the line started moving once again. I was like, all right, thank God. And then I see the guy fall in line again. So maybe there was a cap or something, but I saw him fall in line again with some shit. And I'm like going, oh, I don't know. I I hope this guy does not. I hope I hope Kevin Conroy leaves before this guy can get any more autographs because that's just is that's it's like I feel that's a bullshit. That's bullshit already. And um, okay, so that was the unpleasant part. Um, but I did get to uh, I get I did get to meet uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And man, his voice really just sounds like like as he's like he he's like hello, hi there. And I was like oh whoa, like you really do sound like him. It's like you're not. It doesn't seem like you're straining your voice or anything. You're not forcing it out of you. Um, shook Batman's hand, so that was pretty cool. Um, signed the, you know, signed the figure, and then after that, um, yeah, then I went to go uh, to do Jerry uh, Conway to go get his uh, his autograph on my on my books, uh, a couple of my books, but they've been graded already by CGC. Sorry if this is going into a long story, but we're gonna go into it. So, did you just say the same name? Jerry Conway mm-hmm. and Kevin Conroy. Oh, okay. Conway. Sound, oh. Conway and Conroy. Oh, they sound... Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. That's why I had that face on me. Like, didn't you just say that name? But, all right, go on. Go I, on, go on. I, would, I wouldn't blame... I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past myself. You know, I would have messed up. But, um, yeah, so, there, uh, I had to get my book unslabbed. For uh, people that don't know that I had my book graded by CGC. It was signed by Stanley already, and it was certified. And I needed to get another autograph on that same book, so I had to get it, obviously, broken... Uh, broken open out of the seal and then you know they have to witness it uh, again and whatever and I have to submit it so CGC unfortunately they were unorganized as well where they only had like two they had two people working the booth with two other witnesses you know the people that go with you to so and so artist so and so writer to watch watch the signature and then they come back to the booth so I stood in line for 45 minutes just for them to break open my my book, and then after that, they told me I had to go fall back in line after after getting the, the autograph. Keep in mind now, Jerry Conway was right five feet behind the booth. Like they were staring. Like if I turned around from the from the table that where the booth was, he was right there. He could have signed it. I could turn back around and they could they could process me. They didn't want to do that. They said, no, we've had other people do that already, and if we let you do that, then we'd have to let everyone do that. Okay, well, let them do that. 
this is this is crap. I don't understand why he, the guy's right there. He, he doesn't have. He doesn't even. He didn't even have a line. So he could have just signed signed the book. I turn back around and I give it to them to process. <sighs> so I got out of line after they unslapped my book, which was terrifying because. This is an older, uh, older book. Um, no, I thought you were going to say older man. I was going to say, oh no, another Stan Lee situation. No, the guy is he is an older gentleman, but he wasn't as like he didn't he wasn't as like like Stanley's estate where he's uh, kind of like out there needs a mm-hmm. carrier or a handler. Um, but he was kind of cold to me. But yeah, either way, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, yeah, so I got uh, they were opening my books and then they were using a razor blade to cut to cut this book open uh, out of the seal. And I swear to God, this woman was uh, was like her hands were kind of shaking. And I understand why she was like being delicate with it, which I was I thank her for. But I was just like, you 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 keep on running this blade over and over again in this one area, and I I have a feeling you're gonna slip one time and you're gonna cut my fucking book. And if you cut my book, I'm gonna take that fucking blade and cut you like shit um and you know she she was able to do it i turned around got my uh got the witness he he, he signed the book two minutes not even two minutes and then i had to stand back in line for an hour because everyone else was you know obviously the line had grown to be uh grown for people to be great in their books in which some people were just unorganized they didn't they're asking all these stupid questions and like oh, uh, fine, they're not stupid questions. Obviously, you've never done it before. Fine, I get it, but maybe CGC should have had an extra, one extra person just to be like their, your info person because you were taking up precious time. Uh, and, I didn't, and just because of that, I didn't see the floor because I had to, I, then I had a time constraint to get back, uh, get back, uh, get back home. Um, and I didn't miss anything because from what I saw on the floor, it was a small venue. You barely anyone. There was like the art. Like there was no real vendors there. There are like a, quite a few artists. But if I wasn't looking for prints, if I was looking for like comic books or like maybe like figures or something like that, like it was very like very minimal. Um, and then that was it. I would give this San Francisco Comic Con like a four. The only redeeming quality is the fact that I got Kevin Conway. I'm sorry, Kevin Conroy, his autograph, and Jerry Conway's, uh, yeah, Conway, yeah, Conway. You're now, confusing now you, me now. No, no, you got you, you, you're confusing me. You got me all twisted <laughs> here. But yeah, I, I hope they, I hope they do move, move that, um, convention back into a bigger, a bigger venue. And if you have a San Francisco Comic Con, please let it be in San Francisco. Don't, that was, that was just really weird. Um, but yeah, there you go. Ta-da! That is what I've been up to lately. Wow, see, I thank you for uh, for reminding me. I always like I always glare over these things, and yeah, that was a big detail, right? Yep, pretty much. Um, but so, anyways, uh, let's dive into uh, let's dive into a review. Uh, obviously, we're kicking off summer blockbuster season, so there's like a lot of movies out there uh, that are coming out. And in this one in particular was the 20th uh, Pixar film. And it was, what, 14 years? It's a sequel to, what, the first one, which was 14 years ago, 2004. So it was, it, I, I would say it was highly anticipated, correct? I mean. Um, yeah, I would say it is really highly anticipated, especially the fact that they had a really good trailer, I would say, um, 
Are you talking about Incredibles 2? Yeah, Incredibles 2. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, okay. So, Incredibles, the first one, was came out in 2004, and then we kind of wondered what happened, and now they come out with it in 2018, 14 years later. They had a really great trailer, and then it happened. So, I mean... How did you want to go about this? We were going to talk about Incredibles first, and well, actually, know, we're going to we're, we're going to talk about the one thing that Pixar always did with uh with with their films is uh they always have that short film right before. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So it was called the Art of Bow. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. Was that Art of Bow? I thought it was Little Bow. Little Bow, the story of no, the story of Bow. Right. Okay. Hold on. We're gonna do a little fact check here, everyone. I don't know. How can we? <laughs> hold on. The story of Bow. You should know this. Not Boa. Bow. <laughs> yep. Yep. The story behind. No. 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 The story of Ah Bow. Nope. That's not it. It's 2013. Oh man. See Easier. what is this? I could have swore it's called Little no, Bow. No, it's just called Bow. Oh. Okay. I guess we're both wrong. Then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do our research here. Oh, well, good thing we have the internet, so that's that's good. Um, so yeah, anyways, uh, always usually there's always like those like short films uh, that Pixar has. I always enjoy those things. They're they're, they're great. They're nice little uh, uh, segue to what you're about to watch. Uh, what did you think? What did you think going in? Uh, not not going to, but what did you think of the of the overall short? Um, I thought it was great. I mean, you did send me a teaser to it maybe about a month ago saying that you can never eat dim sum again. Um, but after seeing it, I actually thought it was, it was good. It was good. It was unexpected. And I mean, are we okay with spoiler alerts? Oh yeah, here we go. Let's do it right now. Spoiler alert for this and Incredibles 2. Okay. So if you haven't watched it, push pause, go watch it, then come back and then you get to laugh and, you know, understand what we're talking about now. And let's go. Here we go. Spoilers. All right. So, um, I was a little bit confused when the little bow came to life. It was really cute. And then I was like, oh no, please, 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 please don't, don't eat it. Um, and then just her, the mother, or quote, the mother, the cook, chef of the bow, um, that relationship growing up, I just actually thought of you, Vince, <laughs> seeing the progressions of bow getting older and, um, you know, going from a little bow to a big bow, I guess, and then um, realizing that, you know, it was actually her son that actually looked like the bow. <laughs> I know that that was a that was a nice that was that was a twist that right because at first I was wondering where they were gonna go with this whole story I was like going okay it's a little bow it's an edible you know food whatever and it's now it has grown a personality and I I was just wondering like the whole time and yeah and you're right I see what you're saying you know it reminded you me and my mom because she's. You know, she won't listen to this uh, podcast. Oh, let me get into it. I can describe it a whole lot. Um, it reminded me of Vince because... Smother, smother. Uh, I would say smother. She's just... Yeah, yeah, I would say smother. <laughs> um, pretty much she, she smothered Vince. And, you know, I wouldn't say smothered, but really supported him and, and really wanted him very close. Vince, you are a mama's boy. and in Not by choice. <laughs> and in this case, the little bow was mama's boy, man. And, you know, at first 
you know, I would say like the first minute getting into it, I was like, okay, is this a fragment of her imagination? Is this representative of a baby that they maybe lost? Because, you know, Pixar is known to to go down that venue, you know, with, with up and whatnot. Um, and then... You know, after a while, I was like, okay, he's, he's growing up, she's feeding him and they're having a bond and whatnot. And I was just like, okay, he's going off on his own, getting married to a white girl, assuming he was Asian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, I mean, yeah, you're seeing him grow out of just being a baby into adolescence. And then he starts kind of rebelling because, and the more and the more, and the more and more mom was trying to hold on to Bao, the more and more he wanted to just go away. Um, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about this right now. Yeah, you are. That is right. My, that is my mom. Jesus. I'm just going to rename this Vince. Not Bao. It's, it's Vince. <laughs> I think I know my next cosplay. I'm going to be Bao. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. I didn't know where they were going to take this. Um, uh, this short because you're thinking, oh yeah, is this is is this imaginary? Is this real? Like, what? Where 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 are we going with this this food that is now taken on life? Uh, yeah, and does nobody else see that this is a a dumpling that they're hanging out with or or whatnot? Yeah, yeah, right. The the kid like later on when he has friends and kids, all or even the girlfriend like going. What are you doing? Like this is this is a, this is a food, and this is venturing over into sausage party land. Yeah, right. It's, it's I was just like, okay, something's gonna get dark here all of a sudden, and it kind it did kind of it did get dark, right? Cause yeah, when she ate him, when you know she didn't want him to marry. To marry, the to Caucasian marry, girl. I think it was. Do you think it was because of the, the Caucasian girl? I think, I think, or it was just like marrying and going away and like having a life of his own now. I think it was, you know, marrying and going off on his own, and then you know the different ethnicity just pushed it over the top. I mean, you could kind of, you kind of got that sense. Like there was that scene when she, they're sitting on the couch, and the mom was kind of like looking at her, like, "Oh, you." Why, why? I mean, I don't know if that's maybe once again if it was like the, the difference in culture or if it was just different. Like going, you're the you're the other woman in my son's life. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're challenging me for his affection now. So, I mean, yeah. So we're talking about that dark that dark scene. He's he's like, nope. I'm I'm gonna I'm getting married, mom. Bye bye. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. And she just didn't want to let him go. And she ended up yeah. She just like grabbed him and she's like popped him in, his mouth, in her mouth. What do you think that actually represents in in real life? <laughs> kind of off, killing him. I think cutting him off because uh, he made amends. He made amends with her by you know she was laying all depressed in the room, and the dad, you know, let him in to the room, and he bought a pastry or. I'm assuming a Chinese pastry. Yeah, yeah, it was the thing that they were bonding when he was when he was a little, or you know. Yeah, and so I guess she may have cut him off, and like she did, kind of dis- disowned him. Like, yeah, and I think by that point he was already married because when you come down to the point where they're having dinner again and whatnot, the um, the, the woman or girlfriend yes, is there again. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, th- I mean, I thought it was. Well, I'll tell you this. When I saw her eat the bow, I was more in shock, but I was shocked that the damn theater was laughing at that moment. I was like going, what are you guys, that was kind of dark. Like, why is everyone thinking that was funny? Like, I don't know. That was just, I mean, I don't know, maybe. Maybe we don't have the same humor as these people. I don't know. Apparently not. Um, Humor and 
courtesy real quick side note please people if you're gonna go to the movies please keep Here your shoes on again keep your shoes on I'm, just, I'm sorry I gotta say it keep your shoes on I don't care if it's a recliner I don't care if it's a, the 11 o'clock movie keep your shoes on I don't want to see your stinky feet gross anyways <laughs> and that PSA is brought to you by Vince <laughs> anyways um, but yeah uh, overall like I thought the little short was 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 nice I, I don't think it was like one of their better ones but it was it was a nice little uh, nice you know a little story and yeah I did understand like I don't I don't know maybe maybe I didn't like it as much because I saw too much of myself and then I was like oh this is just a reminder you've animated my life like no I don't actually think that it was meant to be funny and actually it's more I felt like the short was more for adults because would a kid really understand the progression of the bow getting older and the relationship built with the mom? Um, not really. Or maybe, you know, I'm just... You removed. never know. Some kids are smart nowadays. Yeah, but I'm just saying I think this was a lot um, tailored for an adult audience. I think, yeah, you're right. I think it had like more of a heavier, a heavier tone uh, than a usual like uplifting like... Oh, look, this dog is eating spaghetti and he's eating all this food. Yay! I think that was the last the last one I ever saw of uh, the Pixar show. I didn't even know that was Pixar. No. Was it, or was that... Was it one with the dog and they ended up having... The dog was like three-legged dog. Was that a short for oh, Pixar? Oh, shoot. Was that... Remember that one? Yeah, I do remember that one. I don't know. Hmm. I forget. Well, regardless, well, they well, tend to have a more I'm adult I'm make note thing. of that to watch that. Yeah. Yeah, so... That was the the bow, the story of bow, or whatever they're calling it at Pixar. That was their short. That's how they kicked it off. And then after that, they had the they had a nice little uh, intro. Not an intro. What would you call it? Uh, commercial. Not a. Oh, I'm trying to think. Maybe like a PSA of it was Holly Hunter, and then it was Craig T. Nelson and Samuel Jackson. They're talking about they, uh, Pixar is recognizing the 14 year gap. And then they're going, but don't worry, it was all worth it. Oh, yeah. Maybe they were setting this up for <laughs> disappointment. I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. We don't want to see that yet. Jeez. Well, I'm just just saying. All right. Well, before we go into uh, in the, the sequel, let's, uh, let's just touch real quick uh, on the first one. Uh, before we watch the movie, um, the sequel, uh, we decided to watch the first one again, just, just for old time's sake, because I thought that was one of the, a pretty strong uh, Pixar movie. Yeah, it was like one of Disney's first... Not superhero movie, but it was it was it was a superhero movie before before they had the Marvel franchise and everything. So this was this was their version. Yeah, and we watched it, and it's been fourteen years, so we wanted to make sure that we were in line with the series of events and just little details. Yeah, what what actually? How did you feel about that uh, about the first uh, first movie? The first one I really liked. It, it was something new. It was a family. It had a villain that you could kind of um, relate to, but kind of not relate to because he ended up being a jerk. I don't know. I, I really liked it. I thought it was an original story by Pixar. Yeah, I, I liked it um, as well. It was. I think I'd say it was like within my top. Uh, I don't know if he's top five, but definitely, definitely top ten. So out of the twenty being in the top ten, that's, that's still pretty good. Uh, maybe top within the top eight or so. Um, 
but yeah, that, that, I liked it. It, it. I think this is one of the first ones that didn't have the like uh like one of those moments where it made you want to cry moments. I'm trying to look. I'm looking at their uh, release history here: Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story, Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, then The Incredibles. Yeah, that was. This was the first one that didn't have a, that moment where it made me go. Oh. That that hurt Pixar. Why did you do that? Because in yeah, Finding Nemo, uh, wasn't it Nemo's mom dies, and then you have oh wait, Monsters Inc. Oh, Monsters Inc. was when uh, when Boo got separated from uh, from Sully. Um, yeah, so there were those moments. Well, maybe not Bug's Life, but either way, I thought um, <laughs> I thought um, The Incredibles was yeah, like you said, it was an original story. Um, it is more based on family as opposed to strangers coming together and forming a a superhero squad. It was really just family. It was kind of like um, their and it was like their Fantastic Four, but then they had Jack Jack to make it five. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember the first one I, I really liked was uh, Frozone and uh, Edna Edna Mode. That whole scene, the uh, whole uh, scene with the costumes and everything when, she, when they were walking through her uh, her complex. Yeah, that was it. Was adult humor and funny. I mean, well, you know, you you, you said it like right, uh, like with Samuel Jackson's uh, scene, right? I mean, I could always, I always, I always love love that love that scene. Like, honey, where is my super suit? Where is my super suit? Damn it, woman, you give me my super suit. Oh, it's just. It's uh, it was like one of those ones that made me go, like, <laughs> I mean, all right, I mean, it was it was it was like one of those moments where like, all right, this is this is this is like more relatable than it's not as kiddie as as you one one would think, right? Um, and yeah, the villain was was great, and I mean, yeah, so this movie, the the sequel happens three months after after this whole this whole thing. Even though it took 14 years for it to get get to us in the theaters, crazy. I don't understand what what, uh, what took uh, Pixar so long. But um, yeah, well, well, yeah, well, we're gonna get into it because we're gonna do a little bit of comparison a bit with the first movie and the second movie. Uh, we're gonna go dive into this uh, second movie right now after we uh, take this break. Anthony, did you hear we're on Stitcher now? Uh, I didn't realize we were so popular with the knitting and sewing community. Oh my god. Was that another dad joke? Or is this you being dumb? Maybe just a little bit of both. Oh god. Okay, well I'll let that one pass. I'll go ahead and drop a little knowledge on you. Based on the Wikipedia page, Stitcher is an on-demand internet radio service that focuses on news and information radio and podcasts. It provides free online streaming through their website and on mobile applications on Androids, Blackberries. Blackberries? What? Blackberries. Are those even still around? I don't know, man. That's weird. Oh, oh my God. Okay, well, Blackberries and iPhone. It's been described as the most popular alternative to the default Apple Podcast app as of 2016. Oh, that's Stitcher. Stitcher Radio. It's where you can get the freshest episodes of your favorite podcast and radio shows streamed directly to your smartphone or iPad. No downloading or syncing. From NPR's Fresh Air to Adam Carolla, 
WNYC's Radio Lab to The Wall Street Journal, Rush Limbaugh to Rachel Maddow, and even our show, Keeping It Nerd. Stitcher organizes and delivers the world of talk radio fresh daily. Listen whenever and wherever you want. Listen to over 65,000 radio shows and podcasts on your iPhone, iPad, Android, or PC anytime, anywhere. Find Keeping Keeping It Nerd on Stitcher Radio today. Or tonight if you're listening at night. Or in the wee hours of the morning if you happen to be waiting for our podcast feed to refresh as we upload this current episode. And now, on with the show. Stay tuned. More Keeping It Nerd on the way. And welcome back, everyone. So uh, next uh, segment of this uh, episode is actually we're going to get down to the review of the movie The Incredibles 2. Uh, so what we said before, it was, this was uh, dated, not dated, but this was set three months after, after the, the original. Or after the original. Actually, no, no, no. It starts right after the original because remember at the end of, end of the first one, you see them there at the track meet and then you see the... You see the underminer. The come underminer up. comes up. Yeah. So then, there you go. You you get taken to that point, right there, and then you have uh, Dicker, the what do you have, the agent of the of the government, the government agent that's always like uh, on the superhero side. He's uh, interrogating Tony Ranger. Is that the love interest of the uh, Violet? Yes. Right. So then he kind of recount. He kind of gives you the quick recap of what happened at that moment because. Unfortunately, at the end of uh, of the Incredibles, it left it left the first one. It left you at that cliffhanger, like, oh shit, they're about to go into action again as a, as a whole family now, and you just didn't see it happen. And then now this happens, and then you do see you do you do see what uh, what what, uh, what went on. The family, uh, you know, had to go one on one with with the underminer, who was John John Ratzenberg. He's like the Cliff Cliff Clavin from uh, from Cheers. Remember, he's like the voice of the pig Ham oh, in yeah. Toy Story. Yeah. So you're good with voices and, and names of characters. I'm I really am not. So yeah, whatever you say. Yeah, it's that person. No, oh, okay, good, good, good. Yeah, good. I can so I can just say, you know, Joe Smith did this and Jane. Yep. Jane and Joe. I go, uh huh. Yep. Good. Yeah, right. you're you're perfect. You're perfect co-host. You just you just, you just co-sign with whatever I say. Yes, it's my yes, show. Yeah. Yes, woman. Yes or no. Um so anyways, um, how did you, how did you feel about this movie? What were your, what was your uh, main takeaway from this movie? My main takeaway from this movie is that they waited too long to have it. It would have been nice to have it maybe four years after the original, um, just because I feel like a lot of things were dated and they really set the bar with previous Pixar movies that came out before this, where I'm just like, okay, Incredibles is just going to be amazing. Um, after seeing the last one that we saw was Coco. So I was using that as a benchmark to what my expectations would have been for Incredibles 2. And don't get me wrong, I I like the story. I thought it was great. Um, I didn't think it was quite as original as the first Incredibles. Um, And, you know, going back to my past comments on, on other movies that we've talked about or we've seen recently where you see this whole theme of woman empowerment and, um, you know, more visibility to women heroes or villains. In in this case, it was um, the mom, Elastigirl, who was called upon to be the main hero and, you know, main 
savior of pretty much the world. And, and that was great. I just, uh, I don't know, something about it like rubbed me wrong um, with it. I think it was a little bit too much, you know, on the car ride home, as we talked about the Incredibles. I, I said that there wasn't really a balance between, you know, male and female. It was like leaning a lot more towards, um, you know, the mom. And I would have liked to have seen more of Violet if they were going to go in that, in that, um, direction, or I would have liked to seen, uh, more Frozone. I mean, I know you're, he's a favorite character of yours. Um, what were your thoughts? Well, yeah, you're right. The balance of the, was, was a bit off. They could have gotten more into the fight family dynamic. They did spotlight uh, Elastigirl um, more in this in this film. And like you said, the there's also the villain. She's a woman. Spoiler alert, everyone! If you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. I messed it up <laughs> for you. Too bad. Um, but yeah, even even the even the uh, villain in this was was uh, was a woman. So it was it was okay. I mean, it, I, I mean. I don't think it was as compelling of a story, like you said, right? It didn't grab you in a, in a way of, obviously, in the first one, the villain was Buddy, right? The guy who was a jaded fanboy uh, of, of uh, Mr. Incredible. And he got his revenge, and he wanted to, he really wanted to be a superhero. In this case, this was a, a, jaded, uh, a jaded person who was, well, who lost their family, lost their mom and dad. Due to due to the superheroes not being there for them, but it was I mean I didn't think that was that was enough for her, for her to be like driven to to, to go the route of the villain because it's like it wasn't her it wasn't their fault that the parents had leaned so much on 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 the superheroes it's the fact that you know the government failed the superheroes in 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 the manner of well. The superheroes were there to, you know, be there for you and help you in these times of need. And the government said, like, no, like, now you're becoming a liability. No more. That's it. I guess you could say, like, you know, society was too dependent, got too dependent on the superheroes. And, you know, they shouldn't have and they should have, like, uh, used more common sense, right? The the family, had the, the parents had a chance to go into a safe room, but instead they used it to go to the special phone to try and call the superheroes to help them and obviously that didn't turn out well for them and she she obviously blamed 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 that whole thing blamed her whole path of uh, villainy on that and i i don't think it was i don't i don't think that is uh, that's on grounds of like okay you should go full super villain mode now whereas uh buddy in the first movie like like yeah i'd be i'd be pissed off like going i'm your number one fan i want to be a superhero and you're telling me to go home like you don't respect you know you don't respect the fandom dude like i'm trying to i'm i'm your number one fan um obviously stalker too right so um sociopath whatever and i could see that because I, I could understand that i just said it he's a sociopath right those are those are tendencies of a sociopath someone who you know who's like fanboyed out and all of a sudden got jaded by the by his uh, idol or someone he looked up to and then i could see that this one i i didn't i didn't feel feel like the villain was um was just i i, I just uh, it was it wasn't there for me 
in that in that regards. Um, Frozone was cool. Uh, don't get me wrong. That was he was great. He got, thank God he got more screen time. Um, and thank goodness I, I love seeing Edna Mode every time. Just just seeing that. Um, you're right. There was uh, uh, there was it was lacking in. Uh, they they call this thing uh, Incredibles, right? Incredibles two, whatever the, the whole family. But mm. it was really, yeah, it was really more Elastigirl. They, it, the, it didn't showcase the family too much. If anything, it showed like the struggle of the family after uh, Elastigirl had you know went on to try and uh, start up the superhero initiative again. And I I felt that kind of gave it a bum rap because. Bum rap in the, in the case of, so she leaves and then Mr. Incredibles now work at home mom, you know, stay at home dad, and now he can't handle it. So now you kind of put a you know negative spin on on a male, like oh look at him, he can't handle it, like that's uh, like oh he's overwhelmed, like he doesn't know what to do, like. I can I I kind of can get it, but it's like going no now you're now you now you're putting down. Uh, the 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 male characters in in a way where I'm going that's that, that that's not fair to uh to to the to the character and to the story itself. Well, yeah, I, I disagree with that. Um, I see your point, but I disagree with that because it actually just proves that how important a mother is to a family. Um, I think that's one of the storylines, but at the same time you mentioned like okay he couldn't handle it um but really he just couldn't handle jack jack i mean he could handle dash violet had her you know situation with quote adolescence (laughs) going on um but i would have liked to see a little bit more um more i don't know i i can't think of is it more depth or more well, let's. I just would like to see more um, story development. It was all about Jack Jack getting into it with a raccoon. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that, that was, was actually a, pretty cute. That was yeah, a that was great nice. scene. No, but like scenes like that, I think I would have liked to have seen um, from Dash and Jack Jack was great, but maybe some more scenes from from Violet. I mean, I don't know. Uh, overall, this movie kind of left me wanting a little bit more but kind of like uh, okay if they don't make a third one i'm fine with that so you 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 felt like it was lacking then right in the story the the whole family uh storytelling of the whole family right so you were i, I see what you're saying yeah because dash the only thing you got from him was um the the whole math the whole common core math type deal uh story arc or if you want to call it that or whatever um, Violet did get a little bit more play with the uh, teenage adolescents and the whole thing with Tony Ranger standing her up because she, he got Men in Black flashed in the face. Um, but I, I, I don't know because it just seemed like the but they also made uh, Mister Incredible like kind of like a kind of bitter and whiny, right? So you had a. In which I can see where, why he would be, because he's like that. He's an he had like an ego, right? He was like, "Oh, I'm Mr. Incredible. I'm like top top dog back in the day." And when this uh, new initiative to come back uh, to bring superheroes back in the spotlight comes back, he thinks he should be resume resume helm at the, uh, 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 you know at the forefront of this this movement. And obviously, you know, like no, no, like our 
their position is is uh, let's go with uh, Elastic Girl. She's softer. She's doesn't do so much damage. She can help usher everyone in, and then you can come in and uh, come back in the spotlight. I think maybe he came off a little bit too. Uh, uh, is he jealous? Would, would jealous be the word to use yes. on this? Yes, it would. And hearing you say that perspective kind of made me look back and. Uh, Okay, so it kind of hurt Disney's um, whole, I guess, direction of making Elastigirl the hero because she couldn't do it by herself. She needed her husband to come in to help her in order for her to, you know, kind of get rescued again. You get what I mean? But then that didn't happen though, right? He he tried to come and rescue her. Uh, and then he ended up getting obviously here we go once again I'm gonna you know what I don't care okay, I'm gonna say it <laughs> yeah, I just keep on telling you spoilers jeez people anyways yeah um, yeah so she gets hypnotized right and then all of a sudden he has to come and spring into action and then he ended up getting hypnotized so it wasn't you know uh, it wasn't anything where he where she needed him if anything she, she they, needed the family she needed the family exactly there you go where where they they all brought something to the table, in which that's what I want. What I was hoping to see in this uh, in this movie was everyone bringing their their thing to the table, not just here's an Elastigirl story, here's uh, Mr. Incredible in the sideline, and then yeah, the yeah the focus of being on Jack Jack. Yeah, I get it. He's a baby. Like, oh, it's so cute. He's got little powers. It was funny, and like yeah, it, it alluded to it in the first one, right when he uh, went uh, full full on uh whatever hulk mode or whatever on a buddy uh and what do you call it the then all of a sudden now you see his powers fully manifest and then it kind of focuses on that he has that full on uh war scene with the raccoon then you don't see too much of the of the kids and I, yeah, you're just you're, yeah. you're left wanting more. I would have liked to see more of the kids and more of the family dynamic as opposed to separating Elastigirl from the family and seeing how they how they survive. I mean, the reason why I have a problem with that is because already already at the end of the first Incredibles, they're already a stronger family together, and so I would have liked them Disney to kind of go in the direction of okay. They're stronger family together. Let's make this storyline about how they defeat, I guess, a villain together and not really separate. In this case, I feel like they separated Elastigirl and she had her shine and, you know, she did her job. Um, but I felt this one was more about her as opposed to The Incredibles. It was about coming together as a family and, and defeating you know, a foe as opposed to this one where they did come together, but it was more like at the end when Mr. Incredible says, oh, finish your mission. So it really was about the mom. And I would have liked to see it be more about the family. Um, and I got to be honest, um, I really didn't start paying attention to the movie until like maybe the last... 30 minutes just because I felt like it started off slow in the beginning. Um, and we did see the 1135 PM showing. So I got to admit that I did drift a little bit in and out just because it was slow. And, um, that's how I feel about this movie. Well, all right. So obviously we've, uh, said our 
qualms about the movie. What what do you think they did well? Actually, did you? For me, I, I like I said, I, uh, having Edna come back and having uh, Frozone come back was was, was really nice. And um, it's nice that they got well at least in the Frozone, he got a little bit more of the more shine and more shine. He got more. It, you know, woven into the story a bit, um, and then you, then you actually had some. Uh, you they expanded the universe on the heroes too, which is which was actually pretty cool. They had a they had that girl Void who had like those teleporting uh, powers. They had uh, someone I think you can relate to. Reflux was someone I could relate to, and their special power was heartburn or acid reflux, and I think that would be me. Was it a power or was it a curse? I don't know. It was a little bit of both. Um, but yes, I do agree with you. I, I think that Edna Mode in this one was just fantastic. I wanted to see more of her. I honestly think that Disney could make a spinoff for just Edna, and that would be a hit just because she's funny on her own. Yeah, I think if they're all right, if they don't do a full feature length, but maybe what if they do uh, more of the like another short another short film? Because um, she was really enthralled with Jack Jack, and I, I like I like that 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 uh, that back and forth that dynamic between the two. Um, you have someone who's like really obviously someone who's coming to their own powers is a baby, and then you have a woman who's supposed to be like cold, calculating the you know like I like strictly business only, and then all of a sudden she sees, sees this baby and she's like. Oh my goodness, I love him. He can stay. Bye-bye. You can go now. I watch him forever. Yeah, I, I think that would be a great short. So, Disney, get on it. Get on it. Short? No, let's, let's, let's book it now. Let's say it. They, they, they got to make a full full feature film. I, I'll, I, I will pay money to watch that. I, I, I will, I'll pay money to see Edna Mode make a bunch of costumes for Jack-Jack, who, by the way, one of his powers is like multiplying. So, you, there you go. You... you Writes itself. He just multiplies the crap out of himself, and now she has to make a bunch of uh, you know outfits. Um, I wish they did, though. I, I know we said we, we went over like some of the things that they was lacking, and you know didn't we didn't really agree with. But if Jack Jack was you know like, super powerful and stuff, maybe maybe he could have been utilized a little bit more as well. Uh, but I guess once again, you're only a baby, so I guess being pushed around a stroller is what you can only hope for the best. And then him, him, you know, going Hulk mode or using his laser eyes or whatever um, is as far is, is the limitations that it can bring you. Um, uh, there was what else? What was the other? I'm trying to think if there was anything else that just made me made me go. Like I said, Frozone uh, having a little. Uh, little bit of shine he got to uh intervene and help out help with the family then he gets um you know struck by this uh, screen slayer how did you feel about the villain actually let me let me ask you that how did you feel about the i know you already said she was like lacking but was there what would you have done to make her better there you go i would say to make her better have a better background story as to why she's singling out these heroes and wanting to kind of destroy them. Um, I don't know. It wasn't compelling enough. I'm going to go out on a limb and uh, please, Ah, I I just don't want to be PC, but (laughs) she's a woman. Oh God, I'm going to get so much flack for this, but no, because women villains have been done well. Maleficent. Great. Ursula. Great. The, the queen, you know, in yes. Snow White. Excellent. In this case, 
I didn't see her be that much of a villain because she, at first she befriended, you know, Elastigirl. And then really it was just a, a backstab. That's all it was in regards to, you know, her turning or, I don't know. I, For me, I saw it a million miles away that she, her or her brother were going to be the villain. I mean, there was no element of surprise there. Yeah, you're, uh, I, I see what you're saying when... Uh She's where where she lacks, and I think if if we're gonna compare uh, Buddy, not just the backstory, I think it's the fact that she didn't really bring too much of a threat to the table, except for like she she she's a good invent she she's an inventor, right, of some sorts, but compared to how Syndrome was uh, in the first movie, his 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 gadgets and his and his whole setup was you know trumps hers easily. And they had a hard time trying to beat him in the first one. So seeing her, you know, just basically use these mind control, like uh, glasses or whatever, to use. Cheat. It was cheat. And and also, I mean, she used those as like a way to hypnotize the other, those other uh, expanded heroes that we talked about, Reflux, Void, and the other, the others. I'm, I'm blanking on the rest of the names, but... I mean, I guess that's how she was able to level the playing field. Like, she may not be able to have, like, the, you know, zero-gravity laser or the, you know, the controlling bomb or these big robots or whatever. She said, like, all right, I know my, my one my one-trick pony is I can hypnotize the crap out of someone and make them do what I want. I know. I'm just going to use those superheroes to do what I want. And there you go. That's, that's, that's it. The, the threat wasn't... It wasn't there. She wasn't over... She wasn't overbearing. The she wasn't a screen a screen stealer, right? I guess that's what you say. Or, I'm sorry, a scene stealer. She didn't she didn't uh, command too much when you when you saw on the screen, like what you said, Ursula, the Queen Maleficent. Anytime you saw them on a obviously those are Disney films, not Pixar films, but still those are like female villains that they commanded your attention when they were on on screen. They were they were they showed like they were, they were heartless they had raw emotion they would you know do whatever they could take power she was you're right uh, she was someone that actually didn't fit in with the rest of the pixar villains um if you take a look back at the history of pixar films in toy story you already knew who was going to be the villain in that one um they already made you not like them from the very beginning uh, monsters inc who was it randall yeah he already was a was a you know a little jerk um going down the line finding nemo there wasn't there wasn't really a villain in that one say darla right the the daughter but i mean she was she wasn't yeah but i mean they were really unlikable characters and in this case for the incredibles too she wasn't really an unlikable character until the point where you're like oh okay you're double crossing or not really double crossing but you know you're You've turned bad. You're actually, you know, having alternative motives. Alternate vote motives. Uh, ulterior? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Correct me, please. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I take it back. It's not because she's a woman. Please, please. I take that back. It's not because she's a woman. It's just she wasn't very unlikable. And she wasn't very likable. It was just mediocre. She was just an average person that... 
you know, ended up being evil with an evil plan. Oh, okay, I get, I get what you're saying. I, I was, I was kind of, you had me scratching my head there. I was going, what do you mean she's mediocre? I was, okay, so she's basically a plain Jane. She does not like, she doesn't come across already with the whole like, I, I, I kick dogs on the way to work type deal. Like she's just whatever. And now like, okay, I'm gonna. You have to be extreme, like for me to see that. Oh, oh, okay, you're the villain. You have to be very extreme, and I don't think that she was extreme enough even though she was the voice of the woman from Get Out, which I, in 40-year-old virgin, that's all I could see. She wasn't a villain in 40-year-old virgin, though. Well, no, 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 of course not. But, you know, that's all I could see is her face talking because I knew right away that was her voice. And the brother was uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah, uh, Bob Odenkirk, that was pretty cool. And real uh, fun uh, fun thing here that, that I was when I was reading the credits, I didn't notice that Dicker was Jonathan Banks, who's also um, from Better Call Saul and um, ah. and what do you call it? She's Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. He was a uh, Mike. Mike, right? Ah, yeah, that's okay. Name. Yeah, yeah. That, there you go. That was a nice little reunion right there. Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, overall, it was a, it was a decent movie. I mean, we you know I think we're a little bit too harsh. You know, because we talked about a lot of the things that we didn't like. But I mean, overall, going into this movie, it didn't quite meet the expectations. But, you know, as far as entertainment, um, it was entertaining. I mean, it was funny. Um, Pixar, I'd say did a good job. It sprinkled in the same kind of like adult jokes here and there. And the overall tones were, you know, obviously adult. but they still didn't have any of that. I guess the one thing they kind of tried to make you feel sorry for was when the parents of uh, of Bob Odenkirk and you know the main villain. Yeah, that was kind of that was a bit sad. Yeah, like, that's a, like a minute of building up something that I'm supposed to have so much emotion for. I, I don't think they they missed the bar with that one. Yeah, but I mean, overall, the the movie. I would I would recommend it. I'd say I, I would watch in the theater. Would I watch it again in the theater? No, no. But I mean, as a, as a first time, like to watch it, like I, I would I would recommend someone to go watch in the theater. Yes, like um, like I said, it, it was fourteen years in the making. Uh, Raina said four years. Uh, four, it should have been four years after, right? So it's ten years late on their uh, on their window. They should have they should have they should have filmed. They should have made this movie before then. I mean, look. Let, let me let me go down the line here real quick. The list of Pixar films since the first Incredibles until this one, you had Cars, which was eh, okay. Eh, that's debatable. That's debatable. Okay, what about Ratatouille? I didn't watch it. You don't like rats. Yeah, that's exactly why I didn't watch it. How about Wally? That was okay. Okay, then you had Up. Oh, I love it. That's my number one movie. That's oh. I'm biased towards that. Then Toy Story three. Oh, that's like one of my top threes right there. Oh yeah. Especially the whole guy. I don't want to talk about it. He's gonna make me tear up again. Uh, then you had Cars two. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't like that one at all. Brave, which we didn't even watch. Yeah, man. Like nothing about it makes me want to watch it. And you had Monsters University, which was a sequel, and that one was, let's see, two thousand one was the first one, and then two thousand thirteen. So you had a twelve year gap for that one. Yeah, but I feel like there has been a lot more um, marketing that went into Monsters, Inc. And, you know, whenever you go to Disney, they have prominent characters and merchandise. I mean, it's a lot more visible. That's why I didn't feel like 
It was that long. Plus, it was a spinoff. Oh, it's like a prequel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yet, Inside Out. I didn't quite care for that one. A Good Dinosaur. We didn't watch that one either yet, right? No. Finding Dory. Which, I like that. Which was a sequel. So that was 2016. And then the first one was 2003. So you, once again, that was another 13-year uh, gap. Did I say that right? Yeah, 13-year gap. Yeah, but it wasn't quite exactly a sequel either. Oh, because it now is like Dory's story? Yes, exactly. And yet Cars 3, mm. we fell asleep. Yeah, that tells you what we thought about that. And then you had Coco. I thought that was amazing. Which we just, we recently saw it. Even though it came out last year, we just recently saw it. Yeah. Exactly, and I really, I, I really liked. It. I didn't think I was going to, but then I saw it. And I was like, you know what? I love this movie. I, it, you know, it's it's up there. It's up there in the top ten for me. Yeah, once again, because it had that original storyline, uh, story, and it had uh, characters that you can be like, oh my god, you know, and the soundtrack that was great, and just the visuals were great. Uh, I don't know, lovable cast. I don't know. It was done well. And then you had The Incredibles now. And that was a big drop. I mean, how could you set the bar with Coco and then get into Incredibles 2 and like... Yeah, but then before uh, that, you had Cars 3. So you can kind of see a trend where it's like, eh, Cars 3 was eh. And then you had Car- Coco, which was great. And then you had Carl's, uh, Incredibles 2, which was like, uh. But I mean, all right. So out of all the movies since the first one, like... It, I mean, it's not too, too bad. Because like, like I said, I, I would have that above Cars 3. I'd have that, at, well, since I haven't seen Good Dinosaur, I don't know. I'd have that above uh, Inside Out. I mean, that was just too much feelings. <laughs> uh, Mo- Mo- Monsters University, I liked more. I didn't watch really watch Brave. Cars 2, I wasn't really, I'm not a fan of the Cars franchise. So maybe that's just like, eh. Now you like Cars. I like the first one, but not the, you know, this franchise. <laughs> You like part of the franchise, the first one. I like the, the third, the first third of it. Um, yeah, but um, they should have pumped the brakes on the sequel on the sequels. Well, see, that was their in with uh, little oh, man, boys. You didn't get my joke. What I said? Pump the brakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. And all uh, right. Uh, oh, oh. I need so to have funny. that. I need to have a laugh track added onto this. All right, we're gonna mark it right here. We're gonna add a laugh track. Um, so, anyways. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Let's see here. So, overall, if they are, they should have made this movie sooner than they than they should have than this. At least maybe a couple of years, because at least you saw Finding Dory and the other ones were like at least a ten year gap. But I don't know. It's like this was the forgotten series. Like, oh yeah, we were supposed to go back and make another one of those. Let's do it now that we have time. Well, the next one they're gonna have is Toy Story Four. I'm not gonna lie, I'm. I'm really excited for that one, even though I know nothing about it. Ah, uh, it depends. Like, who are we following now in Toy Story 4? I mean, is it, it's still the same toys, different owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they left her with the little girl, remember? Uh, and yeah. went to college. Well, we'll see. I, I'm, I mean, they set the low expectations with Incredibles 2 for me, so it can only go up from there, right? I'm, oh, ouch, jeez, really that bad? Okay, we're going we're gonna to do a scoring on this. Um, did this, has this movie shifted anything in your top 10 of Pixar movies? No. Okay, uh, why don't you go ahead and give me your top five? Um, top five, well, number one is up. 
Number two is Toy Story. Number three would be um, Monsters Inc. Four would be Finding Nemo. And uh, I'm going to say Toy Story 3. Okay, so Incredibles, the first Incredibles didn't make it in your top five. No, it's more like a six or seven. Oh, just missed the cut. Ah, darn it. Um, yeah, I have, I have basically, I have Toy Story one, Toy Story three as my one of my favorites. Actually, no, no, Toy Story one because obviously that that launched everything, right? That would be the first one. And Loki, I like the Bug's Life. Uh, I, I wish they made a sequel to that. Obviously, way too long now for that to come out. Um, then I know uh, monsters. I'm not, I'm not giving you a real order here, I guess. And up, and then the Incredibles. Uh, everything else was like okay, not bad. Yeah, I guess like oh, well, Coco, Coco will be my number six. Yeah, I was gonna say Coco would be number six for me. Then the Incredibles. <laughs> Oh man, they just keep getting shafted here. They need to come with it. Need to come with it. Well, they did. You said earlier that they had the they had the original story as a family, which not enough I against mean, talking it, toys and uh, though, Ofrenda and uh, yeah, it's really it's really not fair though because I put two Toy Stories there. I mean, if we're gonna look at it, I I really would group all the Toy Stories together so I could make room to add additional movies in the top five, but I can't. Yeah, but no, no, you can't do that. That's 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 a cheat. You have to you have to choose. You're a cheat. You are. Anyways, so all right, we know what we how we feel about this movie. What, what, what's the rating? One to ten for you? I give it a seven. Seven. Okay, I'm giving it yeah six and a half seven. Uh, I'd still go watch it in the theaters. Uh, will I buy it when it comes out on DVD or a Blu-ray, or whatever? Well, streaming service nowadays. Uh, I don't think so. This is one of those yeah, ones. I'd veto it. No, so that'd be a no. I'd watch it if it was on my on my Netflix account or whatever. I'd, if it's on my cube, I'm not gonna go out and buy a copy. Yeah, and I'd even walk out of the room if you did put it on. God, wow. Okay, I I, I mean. I don't think it's that bad. You're really giving these listeners like a really bad perception well, of this movie. That's why they gotta go out and see them for, see it for themselves. I mean, I mean, you always gotta have some person that really likes it, some person that doesn't really like it. I mean, for me, okay, it's a it, good movie. Is this the but worst saying, Pixar movie? Then? No, no, definitely not. Okay, it's out not of all the, the all the Pixar movies that we've seen, right? Uh, that we've seen, so you can't talk good dinosaur and the brave, whatever. What is the worst? Well, let me take a look at this list. Um, oh, the worst is going to be Cars 2. Oh, no, no, no. Cars 3. That would be the worst. It should be because you slept through that one. I, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't even count. I didn't even see it. <laughs> and then Ratatouille for you because you hate rats. Yeah, pretty much. So it's, so it's like a tie right there. Um, do you think moving forward, if they are to move, go with uh, a, a, another sequel to this to make it the trilogy... What what would your advice to Pixar be to make this to to bring it back up again to the level of like going yes I liked I liked it like a, like, like like the first one what would you want um, to make it like the first one I would say to involve the entire family 
and progress their stories. I feel like that was another reason why is that it was like the same story with Dash and Violet happening over again. Let's see them maybe two years later where, or maybe even five years later where now their powers are now developed. Jack-Jack is powers are developed and then I'd like to see them add more Frozone, more Edna Mode, um, more story development. I, I think that's where they kind of got into trouble because it's only three months after what what more could you could you add on to that story it was like the same time. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the character development, right? You don't see um, Dash really come to his own. You don't see, the, yeah, the, the short the short span. If anything, if they were going to do the 14 years, since this was 14 years later, make it a year later, make it two years later. And like you said, yeah, then you could see uh, the kids, how they have handled having powers and how Jack Jack now is two or three year old and is now coming to his own. Like, whoa, I ha- I can do this and this. Um, but instead, of, yeah, they, they did. They went that route, which obviously, if they are going to make another sequel, make make a good villain. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's make that villain, make villainy great again. Let's bring back Buddy, because I really don't believe that he died in the first one. Bring him back. Bring him back. His cape was his demise. He got Doesn't second. matter. Doesn't even matter. All right. If you could bring him back. The way I could see them doing it, since he was such a, such a super genius, I think he, he should have had like uh, like clones, like in, in his in his lab in his secret lab in the on that island. I, I think that would have been a, a good way to to bring him back. If you're gonna bring him back, right? But if you're not, yeah, you need to have that villain be someone that that's that can really challenge them. Despicable. Despicable. Ooh, maybe they, they'll cross over. They'll have Gru yeah. from Despicable Me. Uh, <laughs> that would be better. See, there you go. But now it'd be too funny. Steve Carell. He's he's too good. Um, so we said what we what we said our feelings about this movie. We everyone should go watch it. Um, obviously, form your own opinions. You listen to ours. It was an okay movie. Eh, uh, not the strongest, not the best, but also not the worst. So um, Pixar. Do better. You guys can do better than this. Um, uh, you have Toy Story four coming up on your on your block, so hopefully you guys can um, capture that magic again that you that you've done oh so many times. Um, Reina, is there uh, any uh, final thoughts that you want to say on this movie, but also with you? Uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, yeah. If you want people to follow you on social media, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm private, but you can request me. Reina, R-E-Y-N-A-X-81. However, um, you could see a lot more of us um, through our Huskies. I, I like to put a plug in for them. Um, you can hear their voices on other episodes um, in the background with things that they do agree with, things that they don't agree with. So, um, our first one, the boy, bishop.the.nerdski on Instagram, and rogue, who is rogue, R O G U E, dot the dot nerdski, N E R D S K Y. Follow them. Half nerds, half huskies, everyone. That's why we get nerd skis. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, as always, please rate, like, subscribe to the podcast. Send us emails to uh, keepingitnerd 
at gmail.com. Always uh, looking for input. Um, if you guys have any future ideas that you'd want us to discuss about on the podcast, um, not just movies, you know. Um, Hate mail. No, no, well. Beef line. A beef line. Yes, we should open up a beef line or something like that. Um, oh, I should have upticked you on this episode. No. Darn it. No, no one understands the tip. Shout out to Joe Lowe and Dibs, 95.7 The Game. Yeah, can we do that? Yeah, we could. It's a crossover. <laughs> Radio to podcasting. Okay, Joe Lowe and Dibs, there you go. Uh, and oh, here you go, you updating. And that's what you call a plug. There you go. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, uh, you can always find me at vmastaho09 on Instagram and then Vinsanity09 on Twitter, which I kind of use, not really. But you can always find me, uh, find us also on the Keeping It Nerd uh, accounts on Instagram. So Keeping It Nerd on Instagram, Keeping It Nerd on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can find us always on Apple Podcasts, Google Radio, and Stitcher Radio. Uh, parting words for the public. Anything? Hasta la vista, baby. See you later. <laughs> you brought back the Terminator? Yeah, I don't care. That's all I can think of right now. <laughs> I have a question for you, though, actually, before we leave. Where is my super suit? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, keep it real. Keep it nerd. Oh, you're so, so, so confident. I don't know. All what right, am I supposed to say? Yeah.